Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope that this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every single day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are unique and amazing, and He has called you, and He will equip you. So thank you for serving your family. Thank you for loving your children fearlessly, and thank you for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. So on today's show, I'm talking with my friend Dawn Weibel. She started an organization called TalkMoreTechLess.com, and she's sharing some really sobering statistics on technology dependency and how it impacts us and how it impacts our families. And, you know, I want to say from the outset that if you're initially like, oh, I don't know if I want to listen to this, it's hitting a little close to home. Y'all, I'm right there with you. (laughs) I use my phone, probably all the little statistics that she shared, I would be one of them. But I recognize that it's something that I need to learn how to navigate and I need to help my children learn to navigate. The school that um, a couple of my kids go to or the school district that a couple of my kids are in, they have iPads that they've given them. And it's definitely been something that I've needed to help them navigate. And so I love some of the information that Dawn shares. She talks about some great questions to instigate conversation with our kids. And she shares how we can get started being more aware of our technology use and reducing it and focusing on things that are going to have a bigger impact ultimately on our lives. And She's super knowledgeable. We actually had coffee a couple weeks ago, and I was just like, Dawn, I need to have you on the podcast because this is so good. So I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Speaking of the podcast, I want to say a huge thank you to all of you because we are approaching half a million downloads of the Inspired to Action podcast, which is just crazy, crazy, crazy. And I hope and pray that all those numbers translate to moms feeling more grace in their mothering, feeling more inspiration in their mothering, loving their kids, and that maybe by the grace of God, there are families all over the world um, that are walking a little more closely with him and a little bit more closely with each other. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for sharing about the podcast. Thank you for leaving ratings on iTunes and for Instagramming about it and just all the different things that you guys do. I I appreciate it. And um, I hope that you'd pray with me even now that moms would be impacted, lives would be impacted um, through every episode that we put out there. So uh, before we jump into our conversation with Dawn, I want to, of course, say a thank you to our show sponsor. It would not be possible without plantoeat.com. 
Uh, they are a wonderful website that helps you to meal plan and not just meal plan because that's just kind of half of the issue. For me, the real issue is making the shopping list. So at plantoeat.com, I can put all my recipes, keep them organized with notes and all that information. I can make a menu plan that I can save and then reuse. So it takes me literally maybe 30 seconds to meal plan for a week if I need it to. But then also it automatically makes my shopping list, which is just you know, the next level of brilliance for me. So I encourage you to check that out. You can get their free 30-day trial at plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. And if you check out the video there, you can also learn more about my meal planning boot camp, where I will teach you how to use plan to eat and make the most of it and get an awesome jumpstart on meal planning success. So let's go ahead and jump into our chat today with Don Weibel. Hey, Don, how are you doing today? Doing fine. Thank you so much for having me. I am glad to have you on the show. It's a topic that I don't think we've really discussed before. I mean, I think I've had a lot of guests sort of touch on the topic of technology and technology dependence, but never in the intentional and informed way that we're going to today. So I think it's something so applicable to moms uh, in this generation. And I love some of the numbers and stuff that you shared. We had coffee a couple of weeks ago and I was just like, yes. I need to have Dawn on the podcast. So yay! well, thank you. I'm so humbled and excited you asked me. And for those listening, Dawn and I actually have known each other for decades. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes us yeah. sound so old. Yes. But um, I almost feel like we're related because we have so many friends, um, you know, in connection. We, we both live in Waco. We both um, have a lot of the same circle of friends. And so it's so fun to um, be able to have you on the podcast and to it's fun to kind of watch your journey. And yeah. I love what you've learned about this topic. And um, I, I would love actually for you to go ahead and fill everybody else. And I know all about you. But yes. let's introduce you to everybody else. Tell them a little bit about you and your family. That's great. Yeah, it's great to reconnect with you as moms now, not mm -hmm. college age students. Right. <laughs> um, I'm yeah, I have a three boys. I'm a mom of three boys. I'm actually my whole life have been very surrounded with boys. I have four brothers. My sister came along later in life, so um we savor the baby of the family. Um, and then my husband actually runs an organization that mentors young men in the outdoors. So I am around boys a lot. I've got Levi is my eight-year-old, Ty uh, Jude is my six-year-old, and Ty is my two-year-old boy. So I savor the the boy aspect of my life. <laughs> so are you a girly girl, or have I, you just gone I am, head first into the boy thing? No, no, I'm very much a girly girl, and I love girl time. I love my girlfriends. I savor shopping trips with my mom and sister. Yeah, I get all the girl time I possibly can. I even go to movies with girlfriends and their daughters. <laughs> they, they let me tag along. <laughs> and your husband, I mean, it's not like just some very general mentoring of young men. He has an organization and they hunt and do outdoorsy things. So it is manliness, you know, yes. to the nth degree. Very much surrounded by that. Lots of camo and blue in my home. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So you start an organization called Talk More, Tech Less. Yes. How did that get started? What's the story behind it? Well, it's technology and family has been such, it's just been on my heart for years. I've noticed personally in my own life, I vividly remember the moment that my husband, Matt, and I got our first Blackberries. We were at the mall in the little AT&T <laughs> area 
And we went and we had lunch at Chick-fil-A and we discussed, okay, do we, are we going to plunge into this? Like this, you know, our phones, talking on the phone is one thing, but this is going to totally be our computer in hand. (laughs) We're going to be able to access everything. And we had this long talk and both of us decided, yeah, we really, this will help us be more efficient and let's go for it. And I remember a shift happening in our home when we made that decision and not so much negative, but just, I just really saw a shift happen. Um, We definitely were more efficient, but we were also more distracted. It's just an easy tool, an easy distraction. And as we've gone into the iPhones and just upgraded, there's just so much at our fingertips that um, this issue has kind of been on my heart family-wise. But um, what really got this whole organization started was we, Matt's organization, Field Guides, does summer camps. And when we get to the summer camps, we have the kids put their phones and pocket knives and medication um, in a baggie, and we put it away for a whole week. And so the first three days of camp, we had these teenagers, um, we just noticed absolutely zero eye contact, very fidgety, um, reaching for phones that weren't even there. Um, And so we started to see true signs of withdrawal. Um, And as the week went on, we started to just see some real freedom happen with these guys. We would see more eye contact. They were becoming very conversational. Um, And it was just exciting to see by the end of the week, um, just what a switch, what a difference um, we saw in them. So this last year at summer camp, we decided let's go ahead and have them build some boxes. Um, We'll call them detox boxes and we'll have them put their phones in them and they can even bring them home after camp and use them with their families. Um, A lot of the guys had described, you know, mom and dad are on their phones a lot or when we go out to eat, it'd be nice to, you know, not be on our phones, different things like that. So we went ahead and um, had them build the boxes and we have a big dinner with the family right before they leave for camp. And we got to describe to the families about the boxes and it was just a big hit. Um, I think people were really excited about it and just to see the boys um, engaging for them, especially it's such an important um, tool, this detox box that they use because it's during mealtimes and for teenage boys and and really any kids um, having their phones put away in the evening and at night, not in their bedroom is a big deal um, with accountability and also just with sleep health. And we kind of go into that with our program. So that's, um, that's just kind of a, we got back from camp and started researching this topic and, um, the withdrawal symptoms and the statistics. And it just kind of, my mind exploded. And I thought this isn't just my family and these guys, this is actually a society cultural and and even a global issue going on right now. So that's kind of where we began. I love it. And I I mentioned earlier in our conversation before we started recording that statistics are kind of my love language. So I would love love to hear some of the research that you've done, because I I think we all feel it. We all know that there's, you know, this pull of technology. And I don't know if we've ever really considered it being an actual sort of dependency or actual addiction. But you have some very interesting statistics that would, would probably surprise some of us. Yes, I actually, some of the first statistics I read was what stirred me to start writing um, the program that we have. But um, the first one that I read was, and this is 2014, so this is very current 
um, statistic, but on average, we check our phones 150 times per day. That's once every 10 minutes. Wow. And I, I feel guilty some days of reaching down and just, there's nothing really important or pressing, but I just, my, I'm just that, you know, I reach down and I grab and I check my email or I, you know, 10 minutes later, I reach down and I check if that text came in. And so I can, it's, it's a scary statistic but I can see how it's it's very true in our culture. 150 times per day. That's crazy. And I honestly, I think mine is probably higher than that. <laughs> yes. Well, in our program, we actually have an app that we recommend where you can record, you can log your time all day. And I was very scared the first day <laughs> at the end of the day to see what my hours were on it. Yes. Um, another statistic is um, 90 percent of American adults have cell phones and 90 percent of 18 to 29 year olds sleep with their smartphones. So that's pretty much everybody. Huh. I wonder who the 10 percent are that don't have cell phones. But that's um, that's a high one. 79 percent of people 18 to 44 years of age have their smartphones with them 22 hours a day. Wow. I, I can believe that. I can, yeah. I mean, I use my cell phone as my alarm clock. I don't sleep with it, but it's, you know, on the yes. nightstand next to me. And and honestly, you know, when I travel, I do sleep with it because I listen to music while I sleep because I just like the white noise. And so, yeah, it's it's there with me. And um, I wonder what kind of electro, I don't know what you would call them. <laughs> this is not a science yes. pod podcast. Electromagnetic <laughs> fields might be emanating from I that thing. I think that too, all the time, all the time. And I think about that with my wireless signal. Yeah. <laughs> You can get crazy when you start going there. Um, another one is 79% of people reach for their phone within 15 minutes of waking up. Guilty. Mm, yeah, me too. Um, yeah, so so with with our program, we actually go into the morning and how important the morning is um, to really take in your real-life morning before getting screen time, um, even checking weather app or um, you know, messages from last night. Just so, it's so important to connect with the person right in front of you, the people right in front of you, and and even um, just you know, go stand on your back porch for a minute and take in nature before before going there. Mm -hmm. So, well, you know, most of the you know, people online that talk about productivity and getting things done and stuff, they say never check email first thing in the morning. It's just going to kill. Um, any productivity you're going to have because you're immediately starting the day by responding to other people. Exactly. And and I think it would be true too, especially if, if those first morning hours are spent check, checking Instagram or Facebook. And, and before we even are starting our day, we end up scrolling through other people's progress. You know, right, we haven't right. even started our day yet. And we're like, oh, look, they're doing that. They must right. be great. Right. And we're in someone else's world before mm -hmm. we're really active actively in our own world. Mm -hmm. So I think the morning is a big, big um, step. It's very important um, part of this. And it's hard too, because I, I know I use my Bible app a yes. lot on my phone. And so, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I try to remember I, my Bible kind of walks around the house with me, obviously not literally. And so in the morning, half the time it's in my office where I have my quiet time, half the time it's not. And so when it's not, of course, I pull out the phone and you know, inevitably exactly. at some point get distracted earlier than I would if I had only had my Bible. Exactly. Yes, I, I agree. There's there's just so much at our fingertips and an alarm clock is a big one. 
Um, I think if we've even encouraged people to just invest in some old school alarm clocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually use my, fit, I try to use my Fitbit now. I have my iPhone as my, my backup. I mean, that, that, that having the Fitbit on isn't going to eliminate the whole electromagnetic feel, right. whatever thing. <laughs> but it does wake me up and I don't have to have my phone in there. Sometimes I'll even be daring and leave my phone in the other room. Oh, which is yes. so sad that that feels weird. Daring. To They're like, what if something happens in the middle of the night? Nothing has happened in the middle of the night in 39 years of my life. But that's exactly right. What that's if. exactly right. But still, you, there's always the what if. And yes. that is that is actually even a part of the withdrawal and the symptoms that show our dependency is when we are away from our phone to feel insecure or anxious. They've done a couple studies and some research on um, college students that were without their phone for 10, 10 hours and the anxiety at the beginning, the first few hours, the true anxiety and, and FOMO, fear of missing mm-hmm. out that they were dealing with. Um, but as the 10 hours progressed, they start, they started to just see some real freedoms and, um, just a couple of the college students said, I actually didn't see, realize how beautiful my campus was. And, mm. I didn't, um, I actually met a new person today that I wouldn't have if I was buried in my phone. And so some neat things came out of that study, but that, that was interesting just to see the anxiety and the, um, the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I think that's probably a big root problem. It's not the technology that's bad in and of itself. It's those underlying issues. And I would think the fear of missing out is one of them. Um, what, what other, have you encountered any other kind of root causes that might be the reason for some of our tech dependency and our desire to constantly be connected? Yeah, I think it it really varies on the person. We have in, in our program, we have um, a section that actually links what your issues are to why you're going to that, um, to that dependency, to that phone or to that app or whatever it is. Um, whether it's okay, I have a fear. I have a true fear of what's going on in the world today. So I'm, I'm constantly on news websites. That's kind of the link of what um, that person is dealing with versus what they're going to to try to fill that void or fill that need. Um, fear of missing out is a big one, um, and I I think that yeah, I think it's just an insecurity of just being comfortable with myself and, yeah. and knowing that my life is enough and I can, I can go 10 hours without knowing <laughs> what's going on in, in everyone else's, um, everyone else's world. But mm-hmm. it's just a different perspective. It's, it's kind of a different mind shift. And we've said, um, we're in a specifically this generation that I'm in is, is in a very unique place because the generation above me, you know, um, my parents, grandparents, they've seen the world without these devices in hand all the time. But my kids and, you know, some of the teenagers we've worked with and college students um, have not seen that. And so I feel a a responsibility of sort, a weight of um, kind of passing that down, that balance of what life can really look like to be fully engaged, to, to raise a child that looks people in the eye and shakes their hand, um, isn't looking down at their screen in public all the time. Um, just some certain values that w- we do in our family, but we want to also pass down to um, other families and, and other um, people's lives and just 
hopefully change a little bit of the culture in that. Mm -hmm. So for the moms listening, I I really, really like that idea that we're kind of bridging the gap between the generation that didn't know technology 24-7 and the generation that does. What You mentioned looking people in the eye when you greet them or when you talk to them. What are some other things, just even small things, that we want to kind of carry on? Yes. One one of the things that we we have done with our kids is the uh, technology in public, I think, is a big, big deal. Um, We used to, about three years ago, bring our iPads and phones into the restaurant and my husband and I could have a nice, easy conversation because our kids were playing, playing on their phones and it was easy. And as we started to just realize we're not engaging with them and um, restaurants, mealtimes have been a huge, huge thing in our family to really eliminate technology during that because we we just saw ourselves falling into that. when we've walked into restaurants lately, it's easy to see, uh, you know, our kids may not be as well mannered. We may have to kind of stay on top of them a little more, but we're able to engage with them. And I think the bigger picture is we're training them for the future, for what conversations and meal times. And um, I, I saw that you had Shauna Nyquist on mm-hmm. last week. That's so exciting. I love her book, Bread and Wine, and just the whole um, perspective of the table and how communal it is. So, so um, all that to say, mealtimes are a big one for us. And, and just in public in general, when we've done long road trips, we definitely grab that iPad and let them play games on the road. But when we're just going to and from school or um, different things like that, we make sure that we don't we don't have technology with us 24-7 so that the kids are, um, they're not feeling like this is a go-to. Right. Was that a difficult shift to make for you? It was. It was definitely di- difficult. We we saw the repercussions of it, of the tantrums, the irritability, um, and and really responsibility for Matt and I to really stay on top of it and, and ex- exude a little bit more energy into you know just it, it's it's super easy to hand them technology to turn on that cartoon. Um, and I'm not saying that we don't do it. I'm just saying that we, we try to make it a timely, we try to do it in a timely way. So Um, did you have any steps that you took along the way? Did you bring like comic books or, you know, did you have, or was it just from, um, technology to nothing? No, we definitely did. We, um, we have invested in board games. Our kids love, (laughs) I feel like we're going back in time a little bit. (laughs) They love board games and there are some fun ones out there. I had a couple friends who started our program a couple weeks ago. They were texting, Hey, we just got Monopoly Junior. It's so fun. Our kids were up late playing with it, you know, just different games that, um, that just cause interaction in the car. My kids are really getting into art. Um, they love drawing and we'll give them ideas of what to draw and they'll show us. My son, my eight-year-old is really into alligators. <laughs> Every day we go, you know, somewhere he shows someone his new alligator that he's drawn. And it just wasn't that way three years ago. I mean, um, yeah, he just, he wasn't interested in it. So it's fun to see. I haven't thought of him as being my little artist, but he has become that. So it's fun to see even the creative things that we have to kind of come up with. We, we've been listening to some fun worship music and we all sing it along together. We have long car rides to school back and forth every day. So I have to get creative. I also have looked up a couple, um, just, um, 
articles on great questions to ask your kids. And I definitely use them. I've posted them on our social media just for moms that are in car rides with kids, just some really pointed questions to ask them about their day and even fun ones and um, just to kind of get them talking and communicating because it it was easy to get in the car and they kind of just vegged out. You know, they're ready to turn their brains off and and veg out. But um, to really make that family and engaging time important. So before we move on, where on social media are you sharing those great questions? And can you give those links to people so that, you know, even as they're listening right now, maybe they could start following you so that they can get those ideas? Because I ask these same questions after school. Every day. Every day. They're relatively open-ended. And I try to, you know, I feel like they're informative. I always ask, who did you eat with at lunch? And what did you do during recess? (laughs) Sometimes it's hilarious because it's like monkeys versus dinosaurs is what I teach during recess. But, um, but you know, having more questions. You've got to be creative. I know. Yeah. And I need every resource I can to get creative. One of the b- best questions we've asked is what's, uh, what's the funniest thing your friend said today? And we oh. get some pretty funny responses from that. And sometimes we can have some great talks because some of them aren't funny. <laughs> but I'm glad they're sharing them with me so we can gu- kind of guide them through that. Um, Another one was if an alien spaceship landed in your classroom, who would get zapped up first? (laughs) So, I mean, just questions that, you know, can be silly, but also can really give you a picture of what their day looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, our Facebook actually is where I've posted a lot of this, and it's just Talk More Tech Less on our Facebook page. Okay. Talk More Tech Less. Awesome. We've also got an Instagram, which is the same, at Talk More Tech Less, and um, our Twitter. Which is Talk More Tech Less? Talk More Tech Less. The Twitter is actually one less S, because you know Twitter, you can't have anything too long. (laughs) I know. I'm inspired and the number two action, because I didn't have that one more letter that I needed. Yes. Uh, Okay, so for the mom listening who's like, okay, yes, this is something that I need to do. Um, But I don't know if I, you know, I don't have myself under control, much less my family under control. How do, how do I start with this process? What would you say to her? Right. I would say um, what really helped me to think through where do I begin with this was um, we started just looking at awareness and, and trying to, I, I downloaded that app on my phone and awareness was the first step to really say, How much time am I spending on my phone? I need to know. I need to know kind of where I'm at, gauge my family. And then once we realized um, (laughs) the extent of it is when we started taking the steps to say, okay, our two biggest thing, we we have a 30-day program called Talk More Tech Less. It's just a 30-day experience on our website. And um, the first week that we go through is kind of the detox week. And we take breaks from important. We, we don't go without our phone for 30 days. We try to learn how to do this real life with our technology in a balanced manner. So for that first week, we take, we eliminate um, phones from mealtimes. We eliminate them from the bedrooms, which is a big one. That's a definitely a big one for Matt and I to eliminate it from our bedroom. That's one of our favorite things to do is lay in bed and read news articles and Um, But for the 30 days, we didn't. And we saw some real big changes happen in our family and and, and in our marriage and in our relationship. Um, It it was just a big step. And then once the 30 days is 
over, you can evaluate and say, okay, this was a true detox, but what am I going to add back into my life? Maybe, you know, three nights a week, we, we do get our laptops and we have a work night in bed or whatever, but, um, it, it is good to just have that, that 30 days to really say, what is, what does my life, life look like with these kind of boundaries? Um, and the, after about five days in our program, we start, once you are an example to your kids, that's when we start asking the kids to eliminate their non-essential, um, whether it's games that they've been playing or different things like that. So we do, um, we do a 30-day detox, truly, with the family. And then from there, we kind of go through the linking issues and um, getting out in nature. Gosh, there are so many statistics and studies on the nature, the healing power of nature. And actually, when our physical bodies touch nature, when our bare feet touch grass, healing things that happen, um, when our kids play on wooden playgrounds or in trees and grass versus red and yellow McDonald's playgrounds, there's there's true research out there that show the difference of um, just the healing and um, bringing our children and our minds, even us, to our core, back to our core values. Um, and so there, there's a lot in there about nature, nature, getting kids outside, what, whatever you can do, taking walks, going to the playground, um, just, just being outdoors is, is true. And then the last week is really spent on community and what community and the people in your life look like and how to build that and how important eye contact is and physical contact. Um, and, and I would actually say one of the biggest things for me was at bedtime, that's really the peak hours for relationships, whether it's with your spouse or kids. Um, when you're laying in bed and really letting them share about your day and spending that time with them. I know sometimes I can rush to get my kids back because I need to go clean up the kitchen or, um, you know, I've got important things to do. <laughs> and so I skip that time. But those those are peak hours for connection with our kids is um, is bedtime. So that was that was another big shift that we made sure we started to incorporate in our family. I love that. Um, I, I just love that you've thought through this whole process. It's, we're not just talking about some statistics, but you actually have a process to walk through that is grace-filled, which I love because it's so easy to be like, ah, this is terrible. I'm, you know, going to sell my iPhone and I'm never, you, you know, we all see those, yes. those Facebook updates that say I'm never getting on Facebook again or I'm yes. just completely cutting okay. off from the outside world <laughs> until after whatever date. Yes, um, so I just exactly. love the gradual... Um, way that you kind of walk people through this. Yeah. Um, well, one thing that I Thanks. would add to that I've, I've tried to do is that I, I'm trying to improve my time wasting. So if I'm going to get on my phone or improve my time on the phone, I guess I'm not exactly wasting time anymore. But whereas in the past, I would really spend a lot of time scrolling through Instagram and Facebook where I typically have less um, intimate relationships with people. Like I'm following, kind of, you know, some random people or some people I haven't seen in forever. Um, right now, I, I use an app called Voxer that I like a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with. Yes, that app. all my all my brothers use Voxer. Okay, okay, <laughs> and and y'all, she has a lot of brothers. Um, yes. but I love it because I'm connecting with real friends, and I mean, I have a couple of Voxer groups that I'm on, and I mean, we pray for each other and we share really deep things. So hopefully, Voxer never yes. releases all of this stuff on there. But I'm actually. <laughs> 
developing relationships. And, and one of us, we live kind of all over the country, but we're coming together and we're going to have a, a little retreat together in April. And so even though I'm still on my phone, um, oh, that's it has great. been a great way to to deepen real and true relationships. And then, but then even then I noticed that those were friendships that I had from all over the country. And so then I um, more by happenstance, but there was another group that I became a part of that was all local friends. And so we don't see each other very much in real life. Um, but we connect, um, you know, every couple of days on Voxer and we try to meet up every month or so. And, and it's oh, really great. helped strengthen those relationships too. Yes. I think that's important. And it's, it's funny. I've had a couple of people say, why did you say talk more tech less? But, um, in personality tests that I've done, I get this definitely from my dad. I, I'm a perceiver. It's hard for me to be a judge. It's hard for me to see one side. So even in this program, I kind of see that coming out in in the tech less. It's not, um, you know, we don't live in the wilderness. We're not throwing our phones into the ocean. We actually are, we have to figure out how to do this, how to do life and technology. And it's getting, it's getting crazier. I mean, I just watched a video yesterday where people are putting barcodes in their arm in Sweden and they're, they're scanning door, you know, getting into their doors and photocopying with the scanner on their hand inside their arms. That's so Um, weird. So yes. So our, I, I do feel like our world and our culture is, this is a deep, deep issue that we have to learn how to live with it and what is healthy and what's responsible and what are our priorities. So Voxer is a great priority. It's connecting you with you know, the people in your life and, and some great things, relationships are being formed and great things are happening. So it, it is definitely a balancing act. And, and that's why I feel like this is pretty a practical um, a solution, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And well, I, I love how you're just encouraging people towards the real things that are really around them, nature and face-to-face friendships and, you know, people that you can actually reach out and hug. I, right. I, I love that because so many of the nuances of relationships are in those face-to-face moments. Yes. Um, so I, I, that's so great. Okay, so where can, you, you already shared where people can find you on social media. What's your website and how can they connect with you there? Okay, so um, our website is talkmoretechless.com and um, kind of our stories on there. And um, we can also, we also have a link to our it's our 30-day program. It includes the detox box for your family. It's kind of become a centerpiece in our home. We leave it on, we leave it on the table, and our cards are right there, so we, we can go through the cards when we're when we're doing the program. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 talkmoretechless.com. Fantastic, and I'll have the link to the website and to your social media profiles and everything in the show notes. And honestly, Don, I feel like we could chat for so much longer because I think I this is too. such an interesting topic. Um, <laughs> thank you. But I'm, I'm so thankful that you shared your wisdom today and thank you for being on the show. Well, thank you so much again for having me. I really am honored. All right. Well, we will, maybe we'll have you on again to talk a little bit more in depth about this in the future, but um, until then, maybe I'll see you, you know, at Target or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I love it. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye, Doug. Okay. Bye-bye. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. 
Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you would take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts.